Hello, everybody. Welcome out to the finale of The Bonner Show. You heard that correct. It is the finale of The Bonner Show here this week. Uh, we're we're in-house. We've got Scott over the wavelengths, I guess I should say. I, I love calling him in-house, but he's our in-house analyst, even though he's not here at the house with me. Scott, how are you doing? What's going on, man? I'm good. I am. Uh, wish I was in-house, as always, but, but doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I do wish we were in-house a little bit I, it would it'd be more fun being in-house you know it is always great when we can get together and and do some of this but you know for the Bonner Show podcast finale it just felt right to be doing it over the wavelengths so no better way no better way to send it out I'm I'm excited we're not we're not spoiling anything but are we going to tease specific things that are coming forth well, yeah. I mean, we're not done with the Bonner show. I, we're not done oh, with the podcast. The we listeners are about were about to have a heart attack, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure all of our listeners were about to go down. We are not completely done podcasting. We are just rebranding and coming out with a whole new brand. We are excited for what's to come. We have some new, you know, topics, some new music, a new name uh, that we're super excited about. And I, I, I feel like we can give the name if you want to give the name, Scott, and, and give the listeners a shout for that. I, I, will, I think we hold off. Why don't we, uh, with the logo, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I, I'll shout it out if you want me to. No, it, it, let's hold it off then. Let's, okay. let's keep it off and let's, let's make sure we, we just let people know that we're updating. But I think I've already told all of our listeners what the name oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> so i won't be spoiling too much but well good we're, we're coming out with not only a new name and new music like i said we're also going to have some new segments that we're excited about and some new things that we're really excited to dig deep in so we're super excited uh but for the finale and for the first season of our podcast we are finishing up with this episode let's dive right in and and it's kind of weird because we're jumping into preseason football in our last episode but let's dive into to preseason football, Scott. Uh, there's been quite a few games going on. Obviously, a lot of the games are featuring backups and QBs are going against a lot of these backup players. But let's hear some of your thoughts. I'll give some of my thoughts and we can just bounce back and forth a little bit here. I feel like there's there's not too much to talk about from preseason weeks one and two. The main storylines have been the rookie QBs, but and also just a few injuries that have happened so far. There aren't any teams other than the uh, – you'll be happy to hear that the only team I've been surprised by so far is the Patriots just because they've been an absolute wagon in the uh, the preseason so far. Also, did you know the Ravens have won like 18 preseason games in a row or something like that? I did not know that. I had not seen that sad. That's incredible. <laughs> Going back to 2016, apparently they they haven't lost a preseason game. So – <laughs> pretty pretty crazy for uh i feel like that's almost as as impressive as like regular season just because there's so much wacky crap that goes on in the preseason all the time so john harbaugh just just doesn't like to lose i guess that's incredible i i had not known that i i will back you up on the patriots being the wagon and i think i've been able to boil down why the patriots have been so good they have had the best offensive line this whole preseason, in my opinion. 
And obviously, oh, I'll be a little biased, but they have been so good on the offensive line. No, I mean, you know, I'm not a big uh, offensive tape, offensive lineman tape grinder, but I do whenever I've, I've watched all of the rookie quarterbacks now. And that's been the main thing is like Mac Jones is the only one that doesn't have to run for his life. I mean, if you watched the Jaguars game last night, my gosh, it looked like Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to make it out of there with a bone left unbroken. Like he was absolutely getting hammered and makes me worry. Like, are enough of these teams are investing? Are they investing enough in their their line as much as they are in trying to get a, a franchise quarterback? You know. Yeah, I and I just want to say something about the Patriots real quick, and then I want to yeah. move on, to Trevor. But the Patriots before the season started, before the preseason happened, everybody was saying how their Cam should be the QB because their offensive line is more suited for running, mm-hmm. and. It, it's turned out that they've been both suited for running and passing. They've done great in that regard. But in regards to the Jaguars' offensive line, man, at, at times the Saints were rushing four people and Trevor Lawrence was just getting pounded, man. Like, with your franchise QB, and I, and I don't think the Jaguars' line is that bad where they're getting rushed or they're rushing four and they're still getting by all five of those guys. They're not that bad. It almost just seems like the offensive coordinator, who I think is Schottenheimer, just may not be giving Trevor Lawrence the right play calls. Maybe he needs to get the ball out of his hands quick and then get some confidence and move on. But I don't know. It it, it doesn't feel like it's all on the line. I would probably place a little bit of, a, of blame on the offensive coordinator there and just make sure that that gets there. But, man, I, w- I thought we were going to see a Joe Burrow thing happen early Yikes. for Trevor. Yeah. Not to jump in, I know we want to have a lot of thoughts on the rookie QBs. A, a couple of other uh, notes I had. Jaguars offense coordinator, I had to look it up. It's Daryl Bevel, which is a name I feel like I've heard like for forever, but I couldn't tell you what he looked like. If you show me a picture of him, I'd be like, who the heck is that guy? So, but, I, but I've heard his name like both in good and bad situations. So last night was, was very bad, at least from his standpoint, I agree. Um, so my... Other thoughts, the two other teams that were are wagons so far are the Denver Broncos, who are, I don't know if you've seen their scores, but they're outscoring teams the first two games, 63 to nine, which I think that's because there's that, there's the QB, maybe it's just the team. Uh, here's what it is. Here's what it is. I just, I just figured it out. I had an epiphany right as I was talking. It's all of the teams that are having a, uh, a QB battle. It's Cam Newton. And uh, Mac Jones, it's it's um, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater for the for the Broncos, and then the Bills, it's Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky. Because Mitch <laughs> Trubisky looked like an absolute flamethrower versus former team the Bears. He was torching him. He looked like he had a bone to pick with Matt. Yeah, Nagy. it looked like he wanted revenge on Matt Nagy for sure. That that looked like he was coming for for blood there. Totally. I mean, watch out. I mean, they might be they might be given a first rounder up for him at some point to some team because man, Trubisky's back. I'm here. I'm here to say it. Well, you didn't even touch on Trevor Lawrence versus Gardner Minshew. Do you want to hear something crazy? Another one. Another one. Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars played well last night. Uh, Trevor Lawrence nor Gardner Minshew threw a touchdown, and Nick Mullins ended up throwing two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. You How mean C.J. Beathard, right? Because there's no way it was Nick Mullins. <laughs> there's no way Nick Mullins looks like the worst QB in the NFL. 
Sorry, I got those for, former 49ers mixed up. I, it was C.J. Beathard. I, I, I got a little ahead of myself, but it was C.J. Beathard threw two tutties in the fourth quarter. QB controversy, I think. You don't underestimate Cornfield Jesus, right? <laughs> he, he, he's, trying, he's trying for a spot still. Just because Trevor Lawrence is coming in here with the luscious locks, C.J. Beathard and Gardner Minshew have had the luscious locks way longer than Trevor Lawrence has. So I don't know. I don't know. They got they got a three-headed monster of that quarterback in Jacksonville. <laughs> well, they might need it because as as you reported to me earlier today from your reports, Travis or uh Etienne uh did go down with a potential season-ending injury. And yeah. so that's losing, you know, a guy that could have been a dual back for them. I mean, I they have uh Hyde, but and James Robinson, yeah. And, but I mean, he's their first first round pick. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. So that's a huge loss to them. And in a team that if they can't keep Trevor Lawrence up, man, it will be hard pressed to win three or four games this year. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Totally. Yeah, they could be slotting up for the first pick again. It, it's pretty crazy. So let, let me jump over to your 49ers. I have a couple of questions for you. And right. I know it's still early and Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to say anything yet and I have my opinions but but what's your opinions on the quarterback controversy in uh, San Francisco and who should be the starter week one I I feel like we um nothing has surprised me with how how preseason's gone so far for them like you get what you get with Jimmy G and he's good enough to win most of the games you get the the flashes from Trey Lance. I don't think he's ready to to I don't think you're ready to let him loose. And I think that's the the luxury the 49ers have and should should utilize honestly is they have a great roster um, around Jimmy G and can let Lance still learn a few things and and maybe suit up later in the season if the season is lost to standpoint at at some point in the season. So I don't know. I I would still let Garoppolo do um be the starter for now I haven't seen enough from Trey Lance to where I'm like this guy just needs to start but he does need he does need more snaps because his you can tell his like issues right now are with consistency and just being with like unfamiliar with coverages and and also just throwing the ball way too hard like so many of his receivers have have drops just because he's throwing Donovan McNabb rockets so (laughs) I love it but that's exactly what my thoughts are you know uh, train lines probably shouldn't start maybe by week four if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have a great thing going on for him. What I saw in Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's been very limited, you know, but Jimmy Garoppolo just does not look confident out there. He's the best looking man on the field. He has on the planet, really, really potentially on the planet. <laughs> he has all the reasons to be confident, you know, he's good looking. He had Tom Brady, of all people, worried about his starting spot. Tom Brady was nervous for Jimmy G. He's had the backing of Kyle Shanahan and that organization for so many years, but he just doesn't look confident. And no. that's something that when you're a QB, you kind of have to radiate confidence. And that's, that's kind of scary for me with Jimmy G. It makes me scared and makes me think that they might move on to Trey Lance a little bit earlier than I originally thought. Yeah, it's been it's been a confidence thing for him ever since he tore his his ACL going back to to 2018. Unfortunately, he's he has his moments where he's just he's just really 
not the consistent quarterback he was before that injury. But at the same time, you know what you're getting with him. You know you're going to get a guy who will control the, the flow of the game and will put the ball in, in good spots for the most of the game outside of one or two just horrendous interceptions. But, I mean, does what he can. And, and I, I think they, they do – they don't need to force their hand by moving to Trey Lance too early. Yeah, and like you mentioned with Trey Lance earlier, his snap count, I think, in the last two years has been less than 100 in-game situation. He's had less than 100 snaps in two whole years. So that's that's pretty intense, you know, when you have a guy coming in that's supposed to be your franchise player throwing him into something like that. Like you said, potentially leaning on him later on in the, in the season could be worthwhile and worth trying, but... It, it's a tough conversation to have because if Jimmy G just can't come out and radiate confidence and, and pick up the offense like he should be able to do, then, then it will be quite interesting to see what, what the 49ers decide there. Oh, sorry, I was muted. What about the uh, other controversies we've got in Chicago and New York between Zach Wilson and uh... – whoever the heck their second string. Oh, Mike White and James Morgan. Are we worried about them taking old Zach Wilson's role? Or I, I think he's looked pretty good in preseason from my, from my point of view, at least. He has. I, I, I have some strong opinions about the Jets, and I, I tried doing this so unbiased. The Jets, I thought Zach Wilson was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year before the preseason started. And just seeing the injuries that have came with the Jets and potentially what Zach Wilson would have to fight through, I don't see the Jets. I see the Jets being like a four and 13 team. And so I don't see Zach Wilson winning offensive rookie of the year just because of, you know, the injuries and what the organization is going through, unfortunately. So obviously there, there's no quarterback controversy, but we're hoping the best for Zach. But in, in Chicago, I think it's the same thing as you have in San Francisco. You have this young QB who's who's great. He Trey Lance and Justin Fields do a lot of similar things. And you have an older, more veteran quarterback. But I don't think you should move on to Justin Fields just yet. Let him have some experience. Let him sit behind Dalton. Let them build that camaraderie and really build off each other for at least a couple of games and, and let that happen. That's just my opinion on what's going on in Chicago. No, I'm I'm right there with you, and I I don't think we need to to spend too long on it. But just wanted to at least touch on on those situations. Um, Lastly, can I talk about the Patriots? Because I I've yeah. had a come up today as we've heard more about the Cam Newton situation and what's been going on. Yeah, you can, and then I have I've got a question for you after that. Awesome. So obviously, this is one of our last rookie QBs that we're going to talk about is Mac Jones. But Cam Newton did contract COVID. He'll be out for a couple of days. Um, and, or he was in COVID contact. Maybe he didn't contract COVID. But uh, what I'm kind of seeing is this is the second time in a year that this has happened. And the Patriots have released a statement saying something about Cam Newton. I can't remember everything that was said. But it kind of intrigues me, making me think that they will go to Mac Jones at some point during this season. And when they do, they're trying to set themselves up so that they can say, hey, we tried to give Cam a chance, but it's Max team now just because Cam had these things that happened. 
so that that was just kind of my idea. Maybe by week six, we'll be seeing Mac Jones and running the Patriots offense. I would be willing to bet that we see for sure all five rookie first round quarterbacks at some point starting during the year, just because like statistically there's been like one or two out of the last 10 years that have not played at all in that first year. And one of them was technically Mahomes because he only played week 17, which didn't really count, but pretty much everybody else gets a chance in their first year. So I'd be willing to bet. And I, the way Mac Jones, he's looked confident. He's looked great. He's, he's shown all of the abilities he showed at Alabama and, I don't see why they should have any problems moving on from him because Cam, it's it's the same. Cam's a different quarterback completely than Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's still kind of the same thing. Like you know what you have in Cam Newton compared to Mac Jones, and so that was that's kind of my leads into my question though. Is talking about all of these guys is do you feel like there are that there are a few um, at least from like reading reports and watching preseason games now and also watching college tape do you feel like there's anyone who has a higher ceiling um or potential than than any of the rest of them in all honesty and i think i've said this since day one trey lance has the highest ceiling out of all of them but also the lowest floor and that's just because we've seen what he can do athletically we see how gifted he is athletically but we also don't have that much game tape on him. We don't have that much experience from him. I mean, even in high school, he wasn't a full-time QB. He was a QB and I think a safety, right? Or a linebacker. Yeah, yeah he played linebacker and safety. So, so it's kind of interesting. We don't have a ton of tape on him. So I think he has the highest ceiling, higher than even Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. And I think he beats out somebody like Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is just a good consistent pick he may not have the highest ceiling but you know what you're getting with Trevor Lawrence so my question for you is how how come we went from Trevor Lawrence being like the untouchable first overall pick right like for for two years there was no no question about it he should he should be the number one overall pick and you shouldn't even really reconsider it why why are now we only talking about, it seems like, the other four? And other than last night, I haven't really heard much about Trevor Lawrence. In fact, I heard much more about Tim Tebow than I did about Trevor Lawrence. So that's, that's interesting to me that you feel like even Lance has a higher ceiling than Lawrence as well. Because I feel like it seems like every NFL media head has done this like 180 just because there's new guys to talk about. Uh, in the NFL, it's it seems like Trevor Lawrence has like kind of taken a backstage and it might be like the first overall pick that's ever been taken. That's kind of not in the NFL's overall spotlight for a rookie, which seems str- crazy to me. Yeah. It, and like I just said, man, like I, I felt like this with Trey Lance the whole time. I felt like he had the highest ceiling. But we know what we're getting with Trevor Lawrence, and that's what it comes back to. We know Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Peyton Manning-type player, a guy that's first overall pick. You kind of know what you're getting with him. Yeah, maybe he'll you know, not be so good the first year, but he'll have a long career, that he'll do great, he'll have a great career. And so that's why he, it's, it's not flashy to talk about a guy like this who's just going to be consistent, where Trey Lance and Justin Fields are a little bit more flashy. So what makes a, a ceiling to you for a quarterback? Like what, what compromises is it 
um, athleticism or is it like arm talent or what do you feel like it is? Yeah, so so what sets Trevor Lawrence apart and why he's considered more consistent in my mind is just because of his play of the game, more of his mentality to the game. So he has a great arm. He's pretty accurate. I, I wouldn't say he has the best arm. He's not the perfect accurate guy, but his mentality of the game and how he goes about the game is up there on like a Peyton Manning level, you know, Peyton Manning first year out of college level. Mm-hmm. And and so what brings that upside is, is what you said. It's that arm strength. It's the intangibles that you can't have with every quarterback. It's a four, four, 40 yard dash. It's the escapability out of the pocket. It's the big arm. You know, it's, it's kind of like Russell Wilson, when he came out, he, he had a pretty low floor that he could have reached or a pretty high ceiling because he had those intangibles. So it, it is more the intangibles that create a ceiling and a, and a floor and like the mentality that creates consistency. Okay. I like that. That's a good description. I feel like it makes me, I feel like I was going crazy these past couple of weeks listening to NFL analysts speak what seemed like they just were spewing nonsense but I like the way you put it who do you think has the highest floor then would you would you attribute that to a guy like Mac Jones like just that you know he's going to be or or is it is it still up in the air because like Zach Wilson is probably more in the Trey Lance Zach Wilson Trey Lance and Justin Fields are probably all getting lumped into this same mold correct that they're like they have a great arm they have mobility um in their arsenal and they kind of have some inconsistencies or or minor concerns, whether it's with injuries or whether it's with like playtime. So, and then I guess you say like Lawrence and Jones are the higher floor candidates. Is that kind of how you see it? Okay. So that's how I see it. I see Lawrence as the highest floor, Mac probably as the second highest floor, but he also has the lowest ceiling out of all of them. Yeah, you know, just because of the, the mobility, just because of the mobility, the arm strength, uh, okay. just those intangibles that you can't, you can't teach. I guess I should say. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy because a guy like Mac Jones still could end up being like he could end up. The the Tom Brady compar- comparisons were there, um, pre draft, and now him on the Patriots, it just seems even more real, and so and. I mean, he, you could say like Tom Brady never had the highest ceiling, but he's the greatest player to ever play the game. So it's evaluating players is, is difficult. And I, I think like it's, it's gotta be impossible to be an NFL scout is I guess the point I'm, I'm getting at. What a dream job to be an NFL scout, man. Just throwing, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard. You never oh, know yeah. what, who's off the field issues what's going to happen it's it's seriously just throwing darts at a dartboard it's true anyway that that covers my my rookie qb thoughts so okay i love it let's let's touch on a couple other rookies before we move on Um, it's like we talked about it's already been an injury riddled season seeing etienne go down i we'll talk about rookies in a second but we'll talk about the injuries real quick here so it's already been an injury-riddled season. We've seen Carson Wentz have surgery. Quentin Nelson have the same injury. Um, both are back practicing. But with this 18-game season, we could definitely see a lot more injuries and a lot of guys potentially even taking games off earlier in the season so that they can be rested later in the season. It, it's just something intriguing to watch out for, you know, seeing you, 
a first round running back, a first round pick already missing the whole season. And it's the preseason, man. So, so that's just something to watch out for, for sure. Are we going to start seeing load management in the NFL? Is that what you're, uh, you're suggesting? Is it going to be like the NBA? That's what I was kind of alluding to, you know, when, when you have a team that's, you know, maybe nine and one, maybe you take a week off. I I don't know. I, and there's seven teams from each conference that now make it into the playoffs. So, you know, why not take one week off and let Aaron Rodgers just fulfill his body so that he can play for five more years, you know? So I, I think that we might be leaning towards seeing load management, especially if, with this season as the first season, seeing all the increase in injuries in 18 games, it will be interesting to see. Totally. I think it's the option still should be out there for a two week buy, just because it, it, the NFL season, unfortunately, we don't like to say it as fans, but it, it ultimately comes down a lot to who is the, uh, the healthiest of the best crop of good teams. So it's tough. I like, I mean, you could say, even last year, like the Buc- Buccaneers got healthy, they got hot and they were healthy at the right time. And the Chiefs just were were not healthy at all. So especially on the offensive line. But anyway, it, it is a good point to bring up. And hopefully we don't see too many more injuries throughout preseason. That's that's the hope is we don't see too many. But but let's talk about some of these rookie players outside of the quarterbacks. Let's talk about recently you just heard or er, what was it with Jamar Chase that happened? You had some headline pop up with Jamar Chase here recently. Oh, it's not fun to talk about, but he apparently got in. I don't know how legit it is other than him posting on his Instagram about it, but he's involved in a domestic violence um, scandal, uh, apparently, which is never what you want to see uh, in any context, let alone for the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft. So not looking good. Not looking good for Jamar Chase in that pick when, when like you said earlier to me as well, Penny Sewell is still on the board. Don't, I haven't heard any domestic violence reports from old Penne. Speaking of Penny, he's, he's the guy I want to slot right in and talk about. The Lions moved him from left tackle, which we all thought he was the perennial cornerstone left tackle, and they moved him to right tackle. It'll be interesting to see – I. I'm not, I, I'm putting it out there. He might not be as good in the first season or the second season as we had hoped to see, because that is a transition from left tackle to right tackle. So hopefully it's something good. Hopefully we see something good from Penesul here. I've only seen clips of him getting just absolutely bulldozed. So I hope it, I hope it goes better for the Bonner Show's first overall pick. Has the <laughs> Bonner Show's second overall pick, Kyle Pitts, taken the, the field yet? I have not seen or heard anything from him really. I have not watched the Falcons, but what I do have to say is the Falcons offense is probably one of my like sleeper picks for the year. If I were to talk about an offense, they played great last year. They have an offensive coordinator this year. As long as the defense doesn't give up 35 point leads like they did last year, then I think the Falcons offense has potential. They, they're fine playing with leads or without leads. It's when they have the lead, that's the problem. So they, they got to, they got to slow the offense, let it just run Mike Davis up the middle three times in a row, the whole first half. And then second half, you let it loose. Exactly. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah, so I can be an offensive coordinator. It's not that hard. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that's all I have Scott for our preseason thoughts. Do you have anything else? No, I am 
let's let's i feel like i've been saying let's simulate the uh simulate the season for the past few weeks but it's not moving any faster we still got like two or three more weeks i know we've got to get there as, as soon as we can so Next week, in two weeks, whenever we do our first episode of the new show, uh, we'll definitely be hitting more on the pre or more on the regular season and what we think is going to happen. But for our finale, that was great. Scott, do you want to end us with a big bang? Do you want to end us with a big three for our finale show here? We got it. We're, I mean, we're we're carrying the big three at least into our uh, new and improved season two as well. But let's let's finish out with one more. I've been watching way too much planet earth or whatever on netflix just because there's nothing else on to watch really other than hard knocks which is just the dumbest tv show of all time it's covering the cowboys this year and it's just just the worst but it's basically the bachelor version of the nfl um so i wanted to to pick your brain about the big three of animals you would like to have as pets Actually, let me rephrase that. Wild animals. So not just any animal, oh. but, a, but a wild animal that you would like to pull the trigger on. You'd feel you'd feel comfortable about. All right. I, I got a top three. I'll, I'll start in with my third and then you can go with your third or whatever order you want to go in. But I'll go three, okay. two, one. Okay. I'm going one, two, three. Not to okay. confuse the listeners. Not to confuse the listeners. You'll go one, yeah. two, three. So yeah. my third choice, if I had a choice, I would need a huge fish tank for this, but a shark. I think a shark oh would be so <laughs> Can you imagine wow. and seeing a big old shark on, on display out there? That would be awesome. That would be wild. That was the, 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 the biggest house in the Parade of Homes that I did this summer with, with Emily. They had a shark. We walked in. You looked right in like in their little like library and there was just a shark swimming around it was like my mind you it was like three feet because it was still like a baby but they paid like ten thousand dollars for that thing and shipped it from like thailand or something and it's supposedly supposed to get to like i don't know 10 feet something like that yeah so that would i'm with you on that that'd be pretty cool just to say we got a freaking would you get a great white or what what shark you talking here uh, I, I don't know any shark that would be intimidating, to be honest. That's all I would want was just like, oh, this guy's this guy's legit. Screw the guard dog or getting any sort of security system. You just put that shark like in the window for everyone on the outside to see. You're you're good. You're good. To oh, go. yeah, it's a great exactly. Thing. OK, I'm going with an orangutan for my first pick. And that might be a curious pick, but literally just the, the I, I, I feel like I needed to go with the monkey just because they're most like humans of the wild animals but orangutans are are literally the funniest animals to me have you seen that video of the orangutan picking up the the sunglasses recently no i haven't oh my oh. gosh okay listen every listener i've told a lot of people about it. i thought i told you but it's literally the funniest it it somebody at the zoo dropped their sunglasses into their little cage and the orangutan is just sitting there like putting them on and taking them off like putting them on upside down <laughs> I'm not going to spoil spoil the end of the video, but it's literally, it's literally the hardest I've laughed at a video in a really long time. Orangutan just look hilarious to have. They, they probably smell terrible, but they provide a lot of entertainment. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're intelligent and like they have feelings. So that's a good one to go with. I like that one. Totally. totally. So my, my second pick here, uh, I'm going with a camel. I think. <laughs> wow. You are <laughs> shocking me with the picks. 
kind of a shock pick. I was kind of thinking like, what would be cool to have in Utah? You know, like not all animals could survive in our climate. And I was like, oh, a camel would be sweet, man. Like, can you imagine riding a camel to like the grocery store or something and parking that like some people do their horses? I would love that. There you go. You are, you're thinking of efficiency here, man. I was just thinking of what would be cool. You've got like some, you've got your, your home security system. You got transportation. You got them all covered with your pets. Jeez. All right. My second pick, I was kind of on the fence about this one. I, I thought of any sort of like baby bear cub, like a baby polar bear or a baby like brown bear or black bear, just because they're so cute. Like I might have to, to relocate it at some point, but I'll live with it for the, the, uh, the first few weeks of that thing being cute. But if you could tame that thing, that would be just the best thing to cuddle with, you know? Like it would be great. A big 500, 600 pound bear just cuddling into you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you wouldn't even need a beanbag anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. I like that. So for my final pick, first pick in my wild animal draft, I would have taken a kangaroo. Oh my goodness, you are. (laughs) I, I am shocked. I, I wanted to go, I, I thought kangaroo or koala, I, I would have liked either of them, but kangaroo, I just feel like would be more entertaining than a koala. Koalas just kind of are lazy, where a kangaroo, you could have like a punching bag out there or something. It would be quite entertaining to watch. You got, you got your, all three facets of your life. You have physical activity now as well, added to, to security and, and transportation. That was brilliant. I, I, went for the, I went for realistic picks that were also you know, intelligent, you know, I had to do what I had to do. I think I'd have a black eye every single day with that. King. that <laughs> those kangaroos are scary, man. Those things are jacked. My, I think we're running out of time here, but my third one and final one is going to be a penguin. Um, I feel like I could probably move them above a bear. I just feel like penguins are just the best. They're just entertaining to watch all day long. I went for the cuteness factor way more than the, the, uh, the utilization factor. I, I blew it in this draft. No cuteness factor is what you should should have gone for i wish i would have went with more cuteness factor rather than just <laughs> unkin animal factor you, you got the the desert uh the desert beasts in your in your crew that's all i wanted to go for well scott it was great uh great first season here on our podcast thank you for always joining the bonner show and being so awesome and being so helpful and thank you to the listeners for listening this whole season and And for everything you've done, we're so thankful and we're excited to see you on our next podcast and and what we've got going on next. Absolutely. Thanks for including me on the journey, Brother Bonner. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thanks for joining our finale episode. Uh, We'll be catching you next time on a new podcast over and out. Flippity flop.